Remember when we had that conversation about Black Due Diligence, episode two this season, and I left it up to you all to guess if you thought that I felt that it was necessary to touch on Black plights and social issues, if you have some type of form of platform or major voice. Well, moving forward, I don't want there to be any type of confusion on where I align with that topic. Of course, I believe that Black people should be using their platform to bring awareness to our plight, our fight, and how we matter. And I say this because a lot of bad is going on in the world right now, and I find it very important that we bring attention to that bad and speak to the change that we need to have happen. This past Friday, August 11th, several hundred people identifying as white supremacists, white nationalists, alt-right, KKK, and Nazi believers, or in short, what I like to call terrorists, gathered and marched in Charlottesville, Virginia, with their tiki torches and khakis to the University of Virginia in protest of the removal of the monument of Robert E. Lee, who was a Confederate general. These protesters, which I would like to address by their true identity of terrorists, were chanting statements such as, White Lives Matter, You Will Not Replace Us, as well as many other racist, homophobic, and misogynistic slurs. Well, these terrorists were met with counter-protesters, or in other words, the people on the right side of history showed up, and unfortunately things became very violent and for one fatal. 20-year-old James Alex Fields, who I'd say is on the wrong side of history, drove his car into a crowd of protesters killing 32-year-old Heather Heyer. Fields is now being charged with second-degree murder, and a judge has denied bail for him. Now, usually, when terror attacks, our president is expected to come to the people's aid and differentiate and reiterate from what is right and what is wrong. But unfortunately, number 45 did not do that. Instead, on Saturday, August 12th, POTUS Donald Trump stated that he condemned the acts that took place that night on many sides. I personally wasn't able to stand watching Donald deliver such a dangerous speech to our entire country, so I apologize if moving forward I don't have direct quotes because I just couldn't stand watching him more than once. But nonetheless, and we should all know by now, that what Trump did say and didn't say forced America to take a bajillion steps backwards. 45 didn't condemn the side that created this hate race war, yet he just emphasized that there was blame on both sides. And what really got me, what really angered me, and what really made my blood boil was hearing Trump say that there was fine people on both sides. And by fine, he meant good people with good intentions. 
Trump went on to say that not everyone included in that march on Friday night were neo-Nazis or white supremacists, but just wanting to protest that statue being taken down. Well, Donald, I'm going to say that you're right. No, not everyone in that group of several hundred people identified as white supremacists or neo-Nazis. Some were alt-right and some were white nationalists. But you know what? You're right, Donald. Not everyone identified as those people. But what I will say and what I do know that everyone included in that march was one thing. And that's racist and hateful. And they encouraged hate speech and acts of violence. So yeah, fuck a label as some up and coming rappers might say, but there definitely was a blanket identifier for those people in that march. And that is racist. To say the least, I personally feel ashamed, embarrassed, disrespected, and disgusted by 45. And I have no problem saying that he is not my president. The takeaway I hope you get from me discussing this is to be more or continue to be very vocal about your disapproval of anyone supporting hate, and that includes our president. You would think we'd be further along the journey of progression of this issue, and yet here we are taking a bajillion steps backwards, and it's sad. back with another episode of Tea with Tammy. Um, only two topics today that I really want to touch on. Uh, two topics I find very intriguing, very popular in the news. So let's dive into it. And guess what? Side note, sorry, I had to cut myself off. I also got a tea. So haha, if you've been thirsty, <laughs> I got you boo about to quench that thirst. Okay, let's discuss this Jeffree Star and Kim Kardashian hoopla. Now, Jeffree Star, if you don't know, is in short a makeup artist and has a cosmetics line. In Jeffree's past, he has said a lot of racist and fat-shaming things which have been hurtful rhetoric for many. Point blank, period. He has on the record apologized and stated that he has grown much from his past and he acknowledges how harmful those words were. Now fast forward to present day because those comments that he did make that were hurtful were years ago and his apology months ago, but Kim K decided to take it upon herself to make a video. And in her video, she says, and I quote, I get it. It's a serious deal if you say racial things, but I do believe in people changing and that people that apologize and I will give them the benefit of the doubt. I know better than anyone that I hate when people bring up my past mistakes that I've made in the past. So let him live. I want to make one last thing clear. I do not defend people that are racist and I am very against it. But if someone claims that they have changed, I would love to give them the benefit of the doubt. And I pray to God that they do change for the sake of my children 
and my friends. End quote. Now, reading that and hearing that head on, what's the big deal? I don't understand. I get it. I mean, just reading it, if I didn't know the context, it sounds fine. I understand. People make mistakes. Let's forgive and move on. Now, here, <laughs> here is where things went south for Kim Kardashian. You can't tell the offended when and how to be offended and when to get over things. That's for the offended to determine. And so you not being black nor fat, you have no right to say, guys, let's move on. You are not our keeper. You are not our voice. I'm sorry, Kim Kardashian. And what you can't do, Kim Kardashian, is accept an apology for someone on the behalf of all black people or larger sized people. That's great if you believe that he has changed and you accept his apology, but you cannot force that on the next person. And of course, Twitter basically said that and Kim Kardashian was trending. And so of course her mentions were fire, forcing her to get back on the internet and make another video. Kim went to correct herself and say that she was ignorant of the situation. She was naive to make the statement that she did and that she truly apologized of using the term get over it and move on. And you know what? Me being a good person, I actually genuinely believed her apology. I understand how someone can be naive to the situation and say, well, he apologized, but it, it's deeper than that. And what Kim failed to realize is that black people never have to move on from experiencing racism. We have the right to dwell, argue, be mad, and not get over racist shit. And at the end of the day, a white person doesn't have the say in our feelings about that. Racism comes from a place of hate. And I do believe that it can be unlearned, but I also believe it's very hard to be unlearned as well. And so us being black people and even the, the bigger people that he fat shamed have the right to be hesitant and be cautious and give side eyes because we do not have to accept any apology from anyone who's expressed hate towards us. And here's the back end of the situation because, okay, here we are now. Kim has said, you know, let's move on. And then she's backtracked and recanted those statements and said, okay, I was naive. But here we are. And Jeffree Star has made a comment as well, which have unfortunately made his situation worse and has made me to believe further that he still has some hate in him. And that, Kim, you were wrong from the jump. Yeah, he apologized, but was that apology authentic? Was he saying what he needed to say to save his brand? Hmm, we got to think about those things. And the comments that Jeffrey made were, wake up. There are more important things to worry about. Hmm. He also went on to say that we have a literal piece of shit for a president who is embarrassing our entire country and you want to worry about Jeffree Star? Hashtag can't relate. 
Hmm. Okay. Again, reading that head on, I get it. There are bigger things that we should probably be focusing on. But again, it's bigger. It's always bigger than the situation that we see straight on. Yes, we have a president who is an actual piece of shit. I agree. But I also feel like we can multitask and focus on that ass too, Jeffrey. Just like our president, you've got some hate in you too. And you being such a big public figure who makes cosmetics that a lot of young women and people wear is a big deal. I would like to know if the products that I'm buying is made by a racist. I would like to know if the products that I'm buying for others is made by a racist. Wouldn't you? You may think I'm dwelling on unimportant things, but it's a chain reaction. It's a snowball. In his comments, let's be honest, were very insensitive and very dismissive. I'm sorry, if you're on the end where you have been racist, homophobic, have fat shamed or been misogynistic and you have come out and apologized and someone brings it up again to you, it's your responsibility to reiterate that what you did was wrong and apologize again. That's just the shit that you're going to have to deal with for the mistakes that you made. Those are consequences. You're going to have to constantly apologize. This is constantly going to be brought up. I'm sorry, Jeffree Star, if you feel like this is just a burden on your brand and we should be focused on other topics in the news. But this is just as relevant as our president because not one public figure should be on a YouTube channel, a TV a platform at all if they're racist if they're spewing hate and you questioning our worry of that makes me question you if you have to question or if you get mad at my concern of you possibly being a racist i would say that's your true color showing because you're worried that i might reveal that you are a such racist does that make sense am i making sense right now I hope I am. Jeffree Star continues to dig his own grave and I'm going to allow him to do so. What I will say is that I think Kim Kardashian was genuinely naive of the situation and I accept her apology. She recanted what she said and she realizes that it's not her place to speak on issues that really don't involve her. Yes, she has a black family, but at the end of the day, she is not black and so she should not speak for anyone that is black or on the larger size because we all know she's not fat either. Anyways, moving on. I wasn't lying when I said I had tea. And so today's tea is called Upload. And the reason why I even grabbed this off the shelf is because I love a song and it was included in a Tea with Tammy sound. I'll have to find it. But a song is called Upload and it's one of my favorites. I think I'll make another playlist that'll be a Tea with Tammy favorites again. I did that a few months back. I think it's, I think I'm due for another one. But anyway, this is the Upload Rainforest Infusions and Flavor Pineapple and it has white tea and green coffee and ginger. It is 10 calories and it has no sugar added and it is advised to shake well and enjoy cold. I find it to be super tasty and I think it's in large part due to the flavor. I feel like 
If this was another flavor, I would hate it. And so take that into precaution when buying this tea, but it is a vitamin containing juice and tea. And on the back of the bottle, it says that it was born in the South American rainforest. And so if that doesn't intrigue you enough, I don't know what will. It's tasty and I feel like that's all you need to know. So go get that at your local grocery store because I got that at my local H-E-B hashtag I'm from Texas. I'll make sure to post a picture of the tea somewhere. So follow me everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, you know the drill. Everything is the same. T-E-A-W-I-T-H-T-A-M-I, Tea with Tammy. But let's jump right into the last topic. The last topic of the day is a stressful one, a controversial one, an important one for us hip hoppers. And so you can think of it as very important and intense or a lighter topic compared to the previous topics that we've had thus far. But this topic and our final topic for this episode is ghostwriting and hip hop. The reason why I want to take the time to discuss this now is because people make comments, people do interviews and things are said. Yes, this is a topic that has been known to be around for a very long time and is a dead horse, very beaten, but you just got to comment on some things. And so one thing I would like to comment on is Kendrick Lamar's Rolling Stone interview. In that interview, he says, well, the question was asked to him, is it ever, is it ever okay for a rapper to have a ghostwriter? Um, and Kendrick said, it depends on what arena you're putting yourself in. I called myself the best rapper. I cannot call myself the best rapper if I have a ghost writer. Hmm. Let, let's sit on that. <laughs> and then moving on to Talib Kweli, he recently sat down with the Mixmaster Academy and made some comments as well about the situation of ghost writing um, in hip hop. And he says, I don't have a problem with ghost writers because to me, the song is king. Whatever you need to do to make the song hot, do it. You need to bring another MC in, then do it. And so that was kind of his opinion on the situation. Now, me sticking my little head into everything. <laughs> as soon as I hear ghost writing, you know, I'm, I'm searching for the shade that's going to be thrown towards Drake. And it was there sprinkled here and there. But let's let's jump back to to what Kendrick said. You can't call yourself the best rapper if you have a ghost writer. Now, let's be specific and we have to make a concrete definition of what a ghost writer is. A ghost writer, if you ask Google, is a writer who is hired to author a literary, journalistic, work, speech, whatever, and that will officially be credited to another person. That is very broad, very vague, and blankets a lot of music made by a lot of great people that people will love to say are the best rapper. So what's a ghostwriter? Is it someone who writes everything for you and then gives it to you to write your name on? Is it someone that writes anything in a song for you? 
and gives it to you to write your name on? Is it someone who has partial credit of writing on a song, yet still contributed a lot to the song? It, there's, a, there's a big gray area when it comes to ghostwriting, which makes me believe and have the stance that, yes, you are able to call yourself the best rapper if you have a ghostwriter. I wish a lot more people would be honest with themselves and take a step out of this perfect hip-hop world in their head and realize that a lot of music and a lot of songs are made with multiple people, multiple writing, multiple creative spaces. I've sat in many rooms and studio sessions where I've have been like, nope, change that word. It sounds stupid. You need to change that line. Or, hey, how about this? And so does that make me a ghostwriter? Does that make that artist less of a rapper? Because I told him to say, and, instead of the, or something as simple as that? Or does it take away from someone's artistic ability or credibility as a rapper if they have writing teams or writing camps where it's designated space where multiple people are about to write a song. I don't think it does. I think if you're a true fan of art, you appreciate, you appreciate the process and how it's made. I definitely think there is a place in hip hop for ghost writing just because one, it's always been there to be honest. And two, Every single other genre does it. And you'd be limiting yourself if you felt like you couldn't get any help from anyone else. How simple-minded, how shallow, how ignorant of you to not be willing to work with another writer to make the song that could change everyone's lives, change your life, change your bank account. (laughs) This opinion, obviously... Um, for a lot of people in the hip-hop community is very unpopular and that I understand because hip-hop comes from a place of such authenticity where we're expecting our artists to be rapping their truths but you have to realize that music which hip-hop is a genre in is an art form and art is created in many different ways And you can still be a great artist and contributor to your genre by receiving help from others and collaborating with others as well. The only negative connotation that I really agree with when it comes to ghostwriting and and rap is you not owning that someone did help with your music. That's probably my one gripe about certain things when if you're telling me you wrote it, you better have wrote it. I don't like liars. And so that's my only disagreeance of ghostwriting is how ghost the writer is. I still think that they should receive some type of credit or it should be known. But as for someone admitting that, hey, yeah, so-and-so wrote half the song and -and so-and-so was in the room and changed some things or, yeah, I didn't write this song for myself. It's okay. That's music. And just to be very specific on the Drake situation, I don't think Drake is incapable of writing a song on his own or making a hit on his own. But I also think he's a smart man and he realizes that money is out there and collaborations are needed. 
So what I would like to conclude, and I would hope that you have somewhat of an agreement with me, is that yes, you are able to label yourself the best rapper if you have a ghostwriter, because you receiving a ghostwriter on that song or that hook or whatever doesn't take away your artistic abilities and your capabilities. And one comment I also liked that Talib made is that when he found out that Drake was using ghostwriters, he didn't respect Drake any less than what he originally did. What he did do is respect himself more that he was able to make songs without one. And I feel like that's all that is. I feel that's the only differentiation. You feeling good about yourself and then maybe your fan base appreciating you more. But at the end of the day, that doesn't take away the next person's success, talent, or smarts. This has turned into me rambling and so I'll wrap it up. In conclusion, ghostwriting in hip-hop isn't as bad as it seems. The only gripe that I have is that the writer has to be ghost because of this negative viewpoint that we have on writing for others in hip-hop. If we accepted it more, these ghostwriters wouldn't have to be ghost. We can openly create art like it's intended to be made together, to share, what have you. But if you are a rapper who wants to write all of their own things, that is great as well and props to you. No side is the right side for me. And that may just be my modern hip hop perspective on things, but that's the day and age that we live in. Collaboration is key. Well, that's all I wanted to discuss today. I think we really hit some important topics that were needed to be discussed. And I can't wait till next week because I feel like things will continue to unfold when it comes to politics, race aggressions, and the world. And of course, there's always hip hop news to discuss. And so I'm Tammy with Tea with Tammy. Be here next Wednesday. Definitely check out this Upload Tea. Definitely listen to the newest Tea with Tammy Sound, Volume 44. And check out the new playlist Sex with Tammy every Friday. Round three coming to you this Friday. And until next time, I'm going to need you to buy, brew, and sip some tea.